Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. I'm Mark Kastner. This is the Sounder at Heart podcast. Joined by my co-hosts, Mickey Turner, Susie Rantz, Tim Foss, Beth Mantle, and Dave Clark. This has been an extremely weird podcast. How are they going to be able to handle that? Just the bottom line is they don't have an answer to that. There was never really a time when I was super concerned. Seattle did fine. There's a reason they got signed to first team contract. Very special guest, Brian Spencer, head coach of Seattle Sounder. You know who he is. Brian... How are you doing? I'd start off, Jeremiah, by saying one thing, and this isn't my quote. I have to attribute this to Tom Dutra. He always says, tough times don't last, tough people do. Welcome back to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shan. Joining me today is Liam Hopkins of Burgundy Wave SB Nation's Colorado Rapids blog. How are you doing, Liam? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so uh, the the Rapids are a team that is curiously unfamiliar, I think, to a lot of Sounders fans because this is a team that historically we know very well. But uh, basically since uh, Anthony Hudson uh, left, we've not really played each other too often and for a variety of reasons. So... First off, just this team, I think, is probably better than a lot of people realize right now. How are the how are the Rapids doing right now? Absolutely, I think last year making the playoffs was a huge step for us, and obviously that didn't go the way we wanted, getting knocked out by Minnesota in the first round. But I mean, this year we've come out flying. We've you know we beat teams like Dallas and Houston, and I mean we haven't really had a big test yet against one of the top teams in the West other than the game city um, last Wednesday. So I think that this game against Seattle is a really big chance for the Rapids to really show the league that, that they're, they're for real this season, that they're a real cup contender. But I mean, after last year, you know, they, they really finished last year strong after they had their own COVID breakout um, where they missed like almost a whole month of the season. And they came back, they beat Portland one, nothing on the road. They beat Seattle three, one at home and cruised into the last, but, lost to Minnesota. Yeah, I think that going into this game, I think that they're definitely a team to keep an eye on. So the the Rapids have uh, really transformed themselves under Robin Frazier. You know, this is a team that uh, Anthony Hudson famously said didn't have, you know, didn't have the players they needed to, to compete. And then Robin Frazier took those same players and, and started competing pretty well. Uh, how much of this roster has really changed over since – since those days of Anthony Hudson running the team? Um, well, I mean, there's been a few key additions here and there, like Austin Trusty, for example, is one of my favorite additions the Rapids made um, after Hudson's firing. But for the most part, it's been pretty much the same roster, like the key pieces that were, um, that were with the team when Hudson was in charge are still around, like Keegan Rosenberry, Sam Vines, Danny Wilson, Jack Price, Acosta, Diego Rubio, all of those guys are still around. It's more of just younger players, um, you know, elevating their game like Sam Vines, especially has really, really improved since Anthony Hudson, but also playing a system that fits the style of players that we have, like playing a system that works for the players that we have trying to change the players into what the manager wants, which is what I think Hudson's biggest problem was, is that he tried making players play positions they weren't comfortable with and, you know, styles they weren't comfortable with. But under 
Frazier, we've been playing to every single player's strength, and that's, I think, definitely shown so far this season and towards the end of last year. But, I mean, so, the roster itself – sorry. Oh, no, go the ahead. Roster, the roster itself on paper hasn't really changed that much. It's just been more consistency and getting the best out of players by playing them in their best roles. So what would you – how would you describe the way that the Rapids play right now? Free-flowing, attacking. I mean, all the generic stuff for, like, a, a fun attacking side – the last time the Rapids were really successful in 2016 um, when they finished second in the league and they made it all the way to the conference finals, it was top or really defensive and, you know, held on for one, no wins. But this, this team since Hudson's firing in 2019 have been, they've played aggressive soccer. They played attacking, attacking soccer. And while they haven't had like the big name attackers, like the Rui Diaz's or the Ladeiros or the, you know, Zella Rayons of the world, they've been able to, put a really formidable attack together and to be honest at the expense of the back line at times especially um in the middle like in the late summer of last year our defense really suffered but so far this year i think that we've we found a good balance between defense and attack because we we definitely know how to attack we definitely know how to score goals and we're figuring out how to prevent them as well and i think the biggest part of that has been austin trusty pretty much reinventing himself becoming a rear back this season um but yeah just we play fun attacking soccer so i'm, I'm really excited to see how that matches up against seattle yeah it, it should definitely be an interesting matchup especially since the sounders have become uh, such a sound defensive team uh, especially this year uh so to i think most people that to the degree they know of what's going on with the rapids uh two names i think probably jump out one of them is cole bassett the other is sam vines two young guys who have kind of gotten into the U.S. national team pool. Uh, I think Vines, Vines was one of the players named to the Gold Cup uh, today. Uh, tell us a little bit about Sam Vines. I mean, he's 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 absolutely critical for us. He's out of all of our out of all of our consistent starters. I'd say he is probably the most important player. One because he plays the position that is so hard to find good players at left back. It's really hard, you know, to find a a consistent player that can, you know, attack and defend there, but also he's so versatile. One of the biggest things that I've noticed in Sam Vine's development is when he first broke into the first team in 2019, he was really, really um, hesitant, I guess, to get forward into the attack. He was very like, he sat back a lot. He didn't really, he wasn't a really aggressive fullback, but last year under Robin Frazier, he exploded forward. He was putting in crosses, you know, he scored a goal last year and this year that's continued even more. He, he loves getting into the attack. He loves giving service like Diego Rubio, Andre Shinyashiki, players like that. And um, I mean, he scored against Houston. I think it was Houston um, or it was either Houston or Dallas. He scored against one of those two um, about a month ago. And yeah, he's just, he's completely transformed from being more of a defensive fullback to being a real two-way weapon, which it's been, it's been really, really good to see. And he's still young. I think he's only like 21, 22 years old. So He's definitely, I think, the Rapids' most important player. Uh, Cole Bassett is the other uh, homegrown player, I believe, that's been uh, kind of coming into his own. Uh, what can you tell us about him? Well, Cole Bassett, I mean, he was the youngest homegrown the Rapids have ever signed at one point. He was the first homegrown to score 10 goals for the club. Um, probably, I think he was the first homegrown to get called up to the national team. I mean, he's, he's been the first to do it all pretty much for the club, so... I mean, he's he's a dynamic player. He's 
really entertaining to watch. He, he connects passes really well. And the thing that um, I think his most underrated attribute is his, his timing and his mentality, because almost all of his goals last year were runs into the box, like late man runs that you would expect from a player in his position, playing that eight, that 10 in the center midfield, the way that he would go stand again on the end of crosses, I think is really underrated and also really hard to defend because it can be so unpredictable. Um, and just that alone, I think, shows how much he's matured as a player from when he first signed with the club, you know, now like three or four years ago to being then just, you know, the young kid in the locker room looking to make a difference, now being one of the most important players on the roster. I think that just little details like that is what's taken Cole from being, you know, that younger guy on the on the brink of being something special to being one of the best talents in one of the best homegrown talents in the league. What's kind of funny is this is a team that, again, like like we said, was kind of derided by their own coach for not having much talent. And now I think they might be the team that has the most representation at the Gold Cup on the U.S. national team roster. They actually have three three players, right, that are that are going to the Gold yes. Cup for the U.S. national team. I don't know if uh, – anyone. I don't think anyone else has that many players. Uh, but Kellen Acosta has, has kind of revived his career there. Uh, Jonathan Lewis continues to be sort of a – uh, a super sub uh, a bit. Um, Kellen Acosta, let's talk about a little bit about Kellen Acosta. He, I, I, he's, you know, how, how much progress have you seen in him from a, a player who was considered like a, a high level prospect, but someone that was apparently tradable when he was at FC Dallas. And now is, he kind of fell off a little bit and he seems to have made it all the way back to, you know, being right in that national team picture, playing in Na- nations league with the first choice American team. Right. I actually really disliked the Acosta trade when it first happened because at the time Dominic Baji, who went the other way, was our pretty much our only attacking player. So I really disliked that trade at the time. So I was never a big fan of Acosta to begin with because I thought we really overpaid for him. But and under Anthony Hudson, he wasn't that good. But again, so many of these players, you know, have like completely changed their careers around under Robin Fraser. And he's he's a um another one of those players that's become um, just like a new, a new player pretty much under Frazier. He's, he's worked really hard defensively. I think is one of the biggest things he wins a lot of balls in the midfield. And when Jack price, his midfield partner does that, he's always, you know, on the scene to clean things up and things like that. He starts the attacks. Um, He's, he's just, he's really important on the field, but I think the most important part of Kellen Acosta is he's one of those league veterans you know guys in the locker room that's played you know all across the league he's played practically every team in MLS he knows you know he knows how to get it done in league he's been on a team that's won the supporter shield before he's made cup runs I think having a body like Acosta that's done it on the league and you know been in the league for a really long time I think is super important um and again he's only like 26 I think 25 years old so he's still you know he can still yeah, he's still young and he has a ceiling um, higher than I think a lot of people might expect. And his goal, he's, you know, he's been public about his goal to still go to Europe. And I think if he keeps performing the way that he has under Robin Frazier, I think that's absolutely an achievable goal for him because he's, you know, he's one of our most important players for sure, both offensively and defensively, starting the attack, you know, um, facilitating possession, things like that. You know, he's, he's kind of the heartbeat of the team at times. 
So I don't know why this is, but it seems as though the Sounders are almost always playing at Colorado on the 4th of July. Uh, that is, of course, the game. I, it, I don't know if it is every – it's definitely not every year, but this is at least the third time I think it's happened. Yep. Uh, what should we expect for the atmosphere? I assume Colorado is kind of – I assume the Rapids have lifted all the COVID restrictions at this point. Um I assume there's probably a big crowd for 4th of July. What's what's your expectation as far as that goes? So this game is going to be the first game at Dick's Sporting Goods Park since you know the pandemic started. That's going to be full capacity, no capacity limitations, anything like that. And yeah, the 4th of July is always the biggest show, always the biggest pull for, for tickets because there's a big fireworks show after. But still during the game, the atmosphere is sensational. It's probably... Um, our biggest game atmosphere wise that we have all year. So definitely going to be really interesting, especially considering that Centennial 38, the supporters group for the Rapids are make, they're doing a TIFO and they don't do TIFOs very often. I think only like once or twice a season. So um, I'm definitely excited to see the TIFO that they've been working on. So that's always exciting, but yeah, I think the atmosphere on Sunday is going to be wonderful just because it's 4th of July first game with, you know, a full building, all the fans are back and against a top, top team like Seattle, you know, best team in the league. I think that it's going to be a big crowd. And I think it's going to be an electric crowd too. What are we expecting uh, weather-wise? Is any, any uh, I, the last game the centers played was supposedly 99 degrees at, at kickoff. Um, I don't know. What are, what are we expecting for this one? I'm pulling up the forecast right now. It's going to be, oh, it's going to be 91 degrees on Sunday. <laughs> At altitude. Yeah, yeah Seattle just can't catch a break. Uh, 84 kickoff is what they're saying. So we'll be nice well, and toasty. That'll be it. That'll be an interesting one. Well, uh, it's always it's always an adventure, I feel like, when the Sounders go to Colorado. Uh, it's been very fast uh, feast or famine for them. Uh, but this will be this will be an interesting one. Uh, Liam, where can people uh, follow you on on Twitter and, and where can they read your stuff? So I'm on the Burgundy Wave, just under Liam Hopkins on the Burgundy Wave. I try to get stories out once a month or so. But on Twitter, I'm very active talking about the Rapids. But also, um, I follow Vera Bremen really closely in Germany. So if you're a German soccer fan, definitely um, check me out there. And also, I follow hockey really closely. So if that's your thing, you, know, <laughs> nice. you can enjoy that as well. Got to get the self-plug. So my Twitter is LeMay Shopkins, L-A-M-A-E. Um, and yeah. Awesome. I'll definitely be posting a lot on the 4th of July game. So, yeah. Great. Well, thanks for, for joining us. And uh, this is the Sounder at Heart podcast, and we will catch you next time. Thank you.